Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor story jumpers welcome to another episode of your favorite storytelling podcast are you ready to hear a great story of course that's why you're a story jumper jack and his friends learn some survival skills at the church's summer camp and they'll need them determined to find ruthie's lost cat and protect Jack's new puppy from Fang, the local wildlife, the kids head deep into the woods. Just when they think they're cornered by the enemy, the kids realize someone has gone missing. Is Fang up to no good? Or will faith and friendship be enough to see the kids make it out alive? Enjoy this reading of The Hunt for Fang by Amanda Cleary Estep. Chapter 1. A Howl in the Night The howl woke me up. Actually, it was more of a screeching, Oh, oh, oh! I sat bolt upright and banged my head into the low slanted ceiling over the right side of my bed. Ow! So much for my nice dream about hitting the tie-breaking home run. I'd hit my head about a hundred times since we moved from the farmhouse to Kingsgrove in the suburbs at the beginning of summer. I glanced sideways at my purple Nickelodeon time blaster clock. For now, it sat on a folding chair on the unslanty ceiling side of my bed. The goo-green numbers glowed 4 a.m. At 6.30 sharp on school days, it would sing out, Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. The first day at my new school, August 29th, 1995, was only a couple weeks away. I flopped back onto my pillow, just as something white with black spots and the size of my little sister hurtled through the gray dark. She landed, all pointy knees and elbows, right onto my belly. Oof! The wind rushed out of me. The howl must have woken up Midge, too, who was dressed in her favorite 101 Dalmatian pajamas. Apparently, the foolproof anti-sister room alarm I'd rigged up wasn't so foolproof. Sheesh. Little sisters are no respecters of territorial boundaries. Did you hear that, Jack? She whisper-screamed into my face. I could smell her morning breath. And chocolate. How Midge always manages to smell like a Tootsie Roll? I have no idea. It came from the cemetery! Adam's Cemetery is on the corner, 
and our new house is the first house on the block and right next door to the old graveyard. The most ancient tombstones jutting out of the grass like jagged bottom teeth. Even though both of our bedrooms are in the attic, Midge's room was technically about ten feet closer to whatever was out there. I know there's no such things as ghosts, and there definitely aren't wolves in the suburbs of Chicago. I shoved her off. Kicking and flailing, I untangled myself from the sheet and scrambled into the dormer window, what my dad calls a doghouse. The window juts out of the slanted ceiling right beside my bed. There's plenty of room for a guy to sit and do important man-thinking. Yes, the doghouse! Midge squished in beside me. So much for plenty of room. My second-story window looks out over Cherry Avenue. From here, I mostly see bushy treetops. But I can also see the street lamp standing kitty-corner to my right where Cherry makes a tea with Oak Street, my friend Ellison's street. The sidewalk below, heading right, eventually dead ends at the forest preserve. And, heading left, it leads to the cemetery next door. I slid the top window sash down. We pressed our faces against the screen. The air smelled like musty metal and wet grass. Another sound echoed from farther away. A racket of eels scratched like fingernails over the dark. Ghosts! Midge's voice vibrated the screen. All my life, I was already ten as of June 2nd, we'd lived with my grandparents on their farm in Goodnow. I was used to the sound of stray dogs howling at night. Sometimes packs of them roamed the fields. Sometimes they snatched chickens. Before I'd go to bed, I would always make sure my pet chicken, Henrietta, was locked up safe in the coop. These howls were different. They sounded almost... human. Midge tugged my arm. Can we catch a ghost, please? After all, Mom said you can't have a dog. She didn't say anything about ghosts. I tried to imagine playing fetch with a ghost. But I was still working on convincing my mom how much I needed a dog. Maybe a stray dog was outside, searching for a nice kid like me. Smart. No matter what fourth grade math said. Good throwing arm? Nice to animals. I imagined he'd have sticky-outy fur around his snout and ears and over his eyes. He'd be white with splotches of brown and black. Or black with splotches of white and brown. He'd sit next to me in the window seat, right where Midge was still yanking on my arm and begging to go investigate. When I'd say, Good, um, Snickers? Rex? Spot? 
he'd nuzzle my hand with his wet nose. And he'd be one of those dogs that looks like they're smiling at you when they pant. That settled it. Fine, I said, shaking my arm free. I crawled out of the window seat and over my bed. Let's go catch whatever is out there. Midge whisper howled in agreement. Chapter 2 The Gray Ghost we crept around the end of the tall wooden fence that divided our side yard from the cemetery. We stood there in our pajamas, like weirdos, in the cool dewy grass at the corner of the graveyard. The fifteen or so rows of tombstones glowed in the hazy light of the street lamp where the sidewalk ended at the corner of Cherry and Main. I strained my eyes, searching for... I didn't know what... Some of the tombstones stood tall and shiny with clear words and dates carved into them. Others jutted out of the ground like nubby, chipped teeth. Midge shivered behind me. Her death grip on the back of my superhero pajama shirt felt way less annoying than it would have in the daylight. Not that Midge wouldn't come through in a pinch. She was scrappy grandma's words, but also prone to a left hook, not befitting a Christian young lady, dad's words. I crept ahead, and Midge stuck to my back like a wet leaf. My bare toes caught in the long wet grass, and I lurched ahead. Luckily, there were lots of grave markers to break a guy's fall. I grabbed the edge of an arched tombstone worn smooth on the edges, like the other ones that were so old you couldn't read the names. I wished I had my camping lantern, but it was in the fort I shared with my friends, the Tree Street Kids. The lantern light might have spooked the gray shadow slinking behind the last row of tombstones at the back of the cemetery. Jack, what's that? Midge pointed at it. A dark, dog-shaped shadow peeked around the edge of the tombstone. The yellow eyes stared right back at me. And it definitely wasn't smiling at us. Story Jumpers, we're back on Tree Street and it's the 1990s. But for story jumpers who are not familiar with the group of kids who live there, I've got Amanda Cleary Estep, the author, who might be able to tell us a little more about Jack and his friends. Hey, Amanda. Hi. I am so glad that you have joined us again. We really enjoyed Jack versus the Tornado. What a compelling story. It was so good. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. And now you've got this exciting story all about the hunt for Fang. I mean, that title alone gets me interested. Yeah, this one was really fun to write for me because I spend, my kids and I spend a lot of time, a lot of time hiking in the woods. And so um, that's the setting for this book. Ah, I see, I see. So can you tell us, uh, for any of the story jumpers who don't know, just a little bit about who Jack and his friends are? Sure. So Jack is our main character 
and he lives on Cherry Avenue. And the reason that the book series is called The Tree Street Kids is because each of Jack's friends live on a street named after a tree. And so his best friend, Ellison, lives on Oak. And then Roger, their other friend, lives on Pine. And their friend, Ruthie, lives on Maple. And then we also have, as part of the group, Jack's little sister, Midge. There's always a tag along, isn't there? <laughs> there has to be. <laughs> Now, in in this book, in this story, Jack really wants a dog. And what sounds like a ghost in the graveyard next door turns out to be a wild animal. That was pretty clever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Jack wants a dog so badly that he's he's even praying for a dog. Mm. And um, he just had a recent transition. So he and his family moved from their grandparents' farmhouse in book one, Jack versus the tornado, to the suburbs, and now he's getting to know his friends, but he's still in that kind of that, that time where he's still trying to figure things out, and he still, wants, he still wants to go back to the farmhouse, but now he's in a new house in the suburbs, and I think he believes that a pet will really help him feel at home and sure. give him some, some company. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that. A pet is a great friend, no matter whether it's a dog or a cat or... I was going to say goldfish, but goldfish are not that great. So, but you know, I mean, it could yeah, really be a lot cuddly. of comfort. No, not cuddly at all. <laughs> that that definitely could be a big comfort to somebody who just moved. Um, but you know, this this scary noise that he and Midge go and explore to find out its origins, being a wild animal, that sounds pretty dangerous. Have you ever come really close to a wild animal? Well, I have, but um, in actually in the wild, um, it wasn't close enough where I felt that I was in danger. But we were hiking in the woods, and um, my daughter and I, she's, she's, um, she's in her 20s now. She's not a little girl, but she has studied uh, coyotes as part of her, her college education, and so we actually saw one oh, kind of in a clearing in the woods and we just stood very quietly and watched him run across this empty clearing in the trees and it was really exciting for us uh, to see that and then we've also seen lots of wild animals my the same daughter worked at um, a wildlife center where they rescued different animals so oh, cool. i actually got to go and um, see some rescued coyote pups Oh, that's so neat. And some foxes and some a Komodo dragon. No way. <laughs> yes, yes. Wow, that is really neat. Do you, do you mm-hmm. think it would be possible to actually raise a wild animal as a pet? Well, only people who are trained to do that and rescue animals that can't go back into the wild for mm-hmm. some reason. For instance, maybe they were injured or... Um, that's what happens a lot. Mm. They're maybe hit by a car and um, they're injured in some way. So my daughter actually took care of um, different animals that maybe they they weren't able to fly anymore. So she would fe- get to feed hawks that were in captivity. Wow. But that was only because they were in a in a wildlife center where people were trained to take care of them. To take to have a wild animal as a pet is never a good idea because. That's why they're called wild animals. Sure. And they have certain behaviors that um, that don't make good pets. They want to be out. That's the way God made them, to be yes, out in yes. 
in the in the woods or flying in the sky or all those different places, but not in cages and not in homes. Mm, my goodness. I've heard of people who like have uh, helped a little squirrel that got injured or something, nursed it back mm-hmm. to health. And sometimes they can, you know, they the people tend to keep them as pets. And I always thought that was not a great idea. If it, if it can be released back to the wild, let's make that happen, you know? Right. It's the best thing for the animal. If you find an animal, and we, we did that too, um, you know, a lot of times you'll find a bird that's fallen out of a nest um, or a rabbit or, like you said, a squirrel. And the best thing to do is to um, just wait and see if the mother bird or the, the, the mother rabbit comes back and, mm. and, and, and takes, takes their baby back. Or there's places that you can, rescue centers, again, that you could take an animal to. Mm-hmm. Um, we were taking care of, again, my daughter was, <laughs> she, she's brought home different wild animals because she's, she's worked um, at these places where they care for them. So we were taking care of two different kinds of birds um, last summer and feeding them the best we could until she could get them to the person who was an expert at taking care of these kind of birds. Hmm. And um, the first one survived, and we did the best we could with the second one, but um, but that that um, little bird died because Aww. we just didn't we just didn't know enough to take right, care right. of it properly until we could get it to the person who who knew how the to do expert. that. The expert, yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that seems pretty cool. I mean, it's a good it's a good thing to be aware of the wild animals that you have nearby you. Now, the thing I didn't expect was finding a wild animal roaming through a cemetery. Then again, I think it's kind of weird to be living right next to a cemetery like Jack. Did you ever live near a spooky graveyard like that? Yes, I did. I lived right next to a cemetery. Our, our little blue house was right next door. And I lived there in the 1990s when my kids were younger. They were about 8, 9, 10, 11. And sometimes we would even go walk around the cemetery and look at the old gravestones. And sometimes we would even put flowers from our garden on uh, on the different grave markers. Oh, that's a sweet thing to do for sure. I guess it doesn't have to be creepy or spooky, does it? Like a graveyard can be a neat place to discover history or learn about the past. Oh, absolutely. And um, the really cool thing is in I have two more books coming out and in the fourth book, that really comes into play. There's a, 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 a another cemetery that I, I went to visit, and um, there was so much history there that I just had to work it into into a book. And so you're absolutely right. Lots of history. Um, sometimes you may even, depending on where you live, there may even be people that fought in the Civil War that yes. were there, or other historical figures. So it's it's an interesting place. Sometimes scary, but. <laughs> More at night, I suppose. <laughs> definitely, definitely little, at night. <laughs> a little scarier at night. <laughs> Speaking of night, you know, when I was a kid, it was a big no-no to sneak out of our house at night, especially at night. My parents wanted to know where we were, and when it was bedtime, we stayed in bed. So Jack and Midge, they sneak out really early in the morning, but their mom is not at all happy. Am I right? You are right. They are out of the house very early in the morning, so early that it's still kind of dark outside and that is because they hear some sound that wakes them up and they're in a new neighborhood so they're really unfamiliar with you know the different sounds in the neighborhood and it scares Midge awake and she goes and wakes Jack up so they decide that they have to investigate 
and they realize that the sound that they heard is coming from the cemetery next door. Mm. So they just have to go check it out and Mm-mm. see what's going on. Not me. Other way. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> These kids are much braver well, than me. A, there wouldn't be a story. Then. No, that's true. <laughs> Well, it seems it seems like, you know, Jack has got uh, quite an adventure ahead of him. If he's trying to get a dog and his parents are dug in, you know, their heels are dug in, uh, you know, can you just give us a hint, just a little hint? Do they continue their search for their new dog friend? Oh, yes, they do. And the hunt for Fang is fun because there's a lot of animals that um, play into the story. So... The kids go frog hunting. Jack really wants a dog. And um, and then there's Ruthie, their friend Ruthie, her cat, Captain Beans, um, <laughs> who, who becomes lost. And so they go on a search. They go on a search for beans. And, um, and then, of course, there's this local wildlife that the kids really feel is kind of a threat mm. to these pets that they love so much. So it's, the story is really about the the animals that we live with and love and the animals that God has put into the environment around us that we also are responsible for caring for in some ways. Not the same way we do for our dogs and our cats and our goldfish, right? but as just good stewards of the earth. Yeah, because, you know, it would seem that, that these wild animals might be a big threat to Jack's friend's pets, to all the pets that you just mentioned. Um but but really, if the wild animals stay in their place and we know how to, you know, stay clear of them or properly, you know, properly maintain a distance, <laughs> then then I think that, you know, the wild animals and our pets can coexist pretty well. Right. For the most part. And that's a lot of our responsibility is to to make sure that, for instance, if you live in an area with wild animals, um, that you keep your your pets, when they're outside, maybe they need to be on a leash or they need to be in a pen so that they're safe um, and that the wild animals are kept safe, too, as well. Because, yes. mm-hmm. you know, dogs like to chase rabbits and squirrels and those kind of things. And that's, that's part of their instinct to do that. But I live right now, I live in a mountainous area and there are bears and mm. there are um, bobcats. And I haven't seen those and that's okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that right now, <laughs> but I would have to be very careful of, um, you know, my my dogs or if we, we would like to get chickens sometimes. And, um, you know, there's just, I, I had chickens when I was a kid, just like Jack, uh, Jack did. And, um, you know, there's, uh, foxes love chickens. Just like we love chickens. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe even more. <laughs> Maybe more. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be fried. No. <laughs> for the fox, no. Well, I've got to tell you, Amanda, I really enjoyed the start of this new story with Jack and his friends. I really hope that he gets his pet dog. Dogs can be such great friends. Mm-hmm. And um, and they I look are. forward to hearing more from you and the kids on Tree Street. Are you going to you know plan on sharing any of those with Story Jumpers in the future? I would love to. Um, this July, the next two books come out. So the first two books are Jack vs. the Tornado and The Hunt for Fang, which have been out since last year. And then in July, we have coming out The uh, Lions to the Rescue and um, Mystery in Crooked Creek Woods. 
Excellent. So even more fun to dive into with Jack and his friends. I'm looking forward to it, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it was so fun. I always enjoy it. Parents. The Tree Street Kids live on cherry, oak, maple, and pine. But their 1990s suburban neighborhood is more than just quiet, tree-lined streets. Jack, Ellison, Roger, and Ruthie face challenges and find adventures in every creek and cul-de-sac, as well as God's great love in one small neighborhood. Readers will happily head to camp with the kids and eagerly follow each chapter to find out what happens to kids just like they are. Parents will love how this series carries the spirit of the well-loved Sugar Creek Gang books from their childhood. Middle grade readers will be excited to join the Tree Street Kids on the hunt for Fang, continuing this journey to adventure, friendship, and fun. Amanda Cleary Estep is not related to Beverly Cleary, but sure wishes she was. She is, however, a children's writer, and the Tree Street Kids is her debut series. Amanda knows kids because she's still one at heart. When she is forced to act like an adult, she edits nonfiction books by grown-up authors. As a longtime writer, she's contributed to Christianity Today, Think Christian, and many other print and online publications. You can learn more about her books at treestreetkids.com. <laughs> 